I love you guys. Thanks. No, really, though. Like, I, I love you guys. I love this community. I love what we are doing here on Sunday nights. I, I think this is fun. Is anybody else having fun? I think this is fun, but I also really love the kind of community that this is. I love the honesty and the vulnerability that my friend Nathan Wagner was willing to share with several hundred people tonight, right? I mean, isn't that awesome? To be able to be a safe enough place to admit that we don't have all our stuff together. To admit that, yes, we are broken, screwed up people, myself included. I also struggled with pornography in high school and in college and finally had enough courage to share that with a few close roommates. There's no way that I would have just said that publicly like this. But the truth is, we are all broken, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm broken, aren't you? <laughs> good, doesn't it feel good to just admit that for a minute? We're all a broken, sinful mess. And here's the thing, and yet we are still loved unconditionally by the king of the universe. And this is why we are here, and this is why we worship. Okay, that was just a little bit of a tangent, but I felt like I had to say that tonight. Um, okay, now totally switching gears. If you could meet anyone in the world, an athlete, actor, musician, past or present, who would it be and why? Okay, and when I say meet this person, I mean, not just like a quick selfie, isn't this cool, I got to meet so-and-so, but you like got to hang out for like a whole day with this person, okay? So who would you want to meet and why? And go ahead and share that with a neighbor next to you. Okay, we'll bring it back here. We'll bring it back here. How about if we have like one or two share the person that you would love to meet if you could? Anybody willing to share that out loud? Right over here. Moses. She wants to meet Moses. There you go. Right in the back over here. The guy from who? I don't know who that is. It's a movie. I love it. I, that's a great answer. Sorry, I'm really bad at this. Jesus. You'd like to meet Jesus. That's a good one. Taylor Swift. Anybody else would love to meet Taylor Swift in the house? A few of you? Okay. Um, my childhood idol was Michael Jordan. I wanted to be like Mike in every way, right? Uh, I collected these things called basketball cards. I don't think that's a thing anymore, but I collected basketball cards. I still have my sports cards collection, and I still have over 100 Michael Jordan basketball cards in my basement. I wanted to be like Mike. And I would, I would love 
I would give anything to like spend a whole day with Michael Jordan, like especially back in the day in his prime. It's fun to think about who we could meet and the people that we, we idolize for whatever reason, whether it's Taylor Swift or um, whoever you said back there. I don't know who that is. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure he's amazing. Um, turn with me to Exodus chapter 19. If you do not have a Bible, um, our friends here would love to help you have one. So just go ahead and raise your hand. They would love to give you a Bible. We'd love to have you help, you know, follow along tonight. Exodus chapter 19. We are continuing our series together, reading Moses, seeing Jesus. Uh, and we are looking at some of the parallels between Jesus and Moses uh, and ultimately the implications for our lives as well. So we're going to read Exodus chapter 19, and we're just going to kind of walk through this story verse by verse tonight, rather than reading the whole thing and then talking about it. We're just going to kind of slowly but surely. So Exodus chapter 19, starting at verse 1. In the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on the very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Okay, so Israel is encamped in front of the mountain. This mountain has a few different names. It's referred to as Mount Horeb, the mountain of God, or Mount Sinai. This is the very same place that Moses Moses was at the foot of this mountain in Exodus chapter 3 when he encounters God through the burning bush. Uh, Sinai and Horeb, the mountain of God, this, this mountain is mentioned 56 times in the Bible. In December of 2006, uh, before we were married, Stacy and I had an opportunity to tour around Egypt for about 10 days. It included uh, traveling through the Sinai desert in jeeps. That was pretty fun. I was not driving, unfortunately, but it was a 15-hour drive in the back of these Jeeps just tearing through the desert like this. It was pretty awesome. Uh, that's the, all the people that were in the back of that vehicle right there. So by, you know, hour 10, we were kind of like, this was fun, right? <laughs> uh, we get to our hotel about 10 o'clock at night. We eat dinner. We go to bed. At 2 a.m., we get our wake-up call because the next morning, we were going to climb Mount Sinai for the sunrise. And we were tired. We were exhausted. This is the end of our, our tour. And early in the morning, we got up. <laughs> I'm the guy in the middle. <laughs> and we got to the top. It was the coldest moment of my life. It was December. But once that sun came up, it was glorious to be on Mount Sinai for sunrise. So this is the picture of our setting here. This picture is not my picture. I stole this one from the internet because it's way better than my own picture. Back in 2006, technology was really bad. Um, anyway, so this is kind of the setting for our, our story today. Or maybe it's you know, like this, okay? There's Moses and Mount Sinai, all right? 
Let's continue our story. Verse 3, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the house of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Okay? So Moses goes up on the mountain. And he begins to have this conversation with God. And God says to Moses, If you obey my voice, and if you and the people keep my covenant, then these three, these three things will be true. You will be my treasured possession, you will be a kingdom of priests, and you will be a holy nation. God's people were called to be these three things. And one way that I think about this is that actually they were, they were called to be set apart from the other nations, but yet they're also called to be mediators of God's presence to the other nations. To be a kingdom of priests, to be a holy nation, you have to be set apart, you have to be different, you can't just blend in like everybody else. But you also just can't run and hide in a cave. You are called to be the light of the world, and you are supposed to be mediating and declaring who I am to the world. And so they had to be set apart from and also mediate God's presence to the nations around them. God called his people to a higher standard. And I think God still calls his people to a higher standard. What does it mean to be set apart? What does it mean to, to not just blend in with the crowd? Maybe this has implications for how we celebrate 21st birthdays, for example. Or maybe this has implications for the decisions you make on the weekends. Or what you're doing with your girlfriend. Because we are called as to be his people, as his people we are called to be set apart set apart from the nations, but yet mediate God's presence to the nations around them. All right, let's continue our, our story here. Verse 7. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. Moses went down the mountain again, okay? And he delivers this message. Uh, verse 8. The people all responded together and said, we will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. And goes back up the mountain. Verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud. So the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day, because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. 
the Lord tells Moses to tell the rest of the people, hey, get ready. Consecrate yourselves. That word actually just literally means to be set apart as holy. Wash your garments. Why do they need to consecrate themselves? Why do they need to prepare themselves? What's about to happen? Look at the text. What was that? God is coming. Okay? Get ready. Because in three days, God is going to come down and be with his people. So, I sort of feel like it would be like me deciding to clean my house because somehow this guy by the name of Michael Jordan was going to be coming over to my house in like three days. I think I would probably spend some time tidying up the place a little bit, right? Because he's coming to my house and we're going to do dinner or something. I don't know. I mean, this is weird, right? Michael Jordan's not really coming to my house. But that's, that's the spirit of this, I think. God is telling Moses and his people, get ready, tidy up yourselves a little bit, because I want to come to your house. I want to come and be with you. Because it's not just Michael Jordan coming over for dinner, right? The king and the creator of the universe says, I am going to come and be with you. So, verse 14. Moses, after Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them, and they washed their clothes. Then he said to the people, prepare yourselves for the third day. Abstain from sexual relations. On the, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like the smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently, and the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke, and God answered him. Can you just pause here a minute? Can you try to put yourself in the sandals of Moses? Probably not Chacos. And he's going to go climb that mountain again to meet face to face with God. Verse 20, the Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up. So Moses went up. 
can you just help me out here? Can you try to imagine this being your life? Can you try to imagine that this is really good clip art? And try to imagine you are going to climb up Mount Sinai and there is thunder and lightning and smoke and fire and you are hearing the very words of God being spoken through thunder. And you are going to go meet face to face with the king and creator of the universe. Moses went up. The rest of the chapter is um, God's message to Moses, reminding the people to keep consecrating themselves and be set apart as holy. And then we have chapter 20, and God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And the rest of chapter 20 is what we referred to as the Ten Commandments. And over the course of the next several chapters, God gives more of the law, more of the Torah, more of the instructions of God basically saying to Moses, hey, this is how you shall live. This is what it means to live life to the full. Here are some basic instructions for you and for my people. Not just the Ten Commandments, but there's more you know, he elaborates more through the next several chapters. And then we come to Exodus chapter 34. Turn to me to Exodus 34. We'll start at verse 28. Exodus 34, verse 28. Um... Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence, to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites what had been commanded. They saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. You know how when you spend a lot of time with somebody, you eventually, at some point, realize you started picking up on the other person's mannerisms. Right? 
Or maybe you and your best friend can now finish each other's sentences, right? Anybody else feel like they have, they've, they've experienced that at some point in their lives? Somehow, after we spend a lot of time with people, we begin to pick up other people's mannerisms. Stacy still tells me that I have some mannerisms of uh, one of my mentors from when I was in college. I really like the guy, so I'm not really complaining about it, but I find it to be odd. I'm like, well, we hung out, but I didn't really know that we hung out that much, but I was, I sound like him sometimes? Really? Okay. But, but let's take it a step further. Have you ever seen one of those older married couples that even look alike? Right? Not only do they have like the same mannerisms and the same expressions and they can finish each other's sentences by this point because they've been married for like several decades, but they even begin to look alike. Right? So, a psychologist from the University of Michigan named Robert, I can't say his last name, actually conducted a study to test this observation. In his study, he used pictures of couples, one taken as newlyweds, and another taken after 25 years of marriage. His results show that over time, couples do begin to gain similar facial features. But he also found that the happier couples were, the more likely they were to have the physical similarity. He, he hypothesized that older couples looked more alike uh, because people in close contact mimic each other's facial expressions. And it's actually called something. It's not just this mystery thing. It's actually called a convergence of appearance. A convergence of appearance. Go to the next one. A convergence of appearance. Look at the happy couple. So Moses went up. Moses went up. And he met face to face with God on the top of Mount Sinai. And he's up there for 40 days and 40 nights. And he comes down from this mountain and his face is radiant and he has been totally transformed. And he doesn't even realize it. But he had spent some quality time with the king and the creator of the universe. And next thing he knows, he is reflecting the glory of God because he had spent quality time with God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Starting at verse 1, 
After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There, Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus took a few of his disciples up on a high mountain. And there he met face to face with God. Now I know Jesus is God, but Jesus also ascended this mountain, has this encounter with God. And Jesus himself was transfigured, which the word transfigured is not a very common English word, so I thought maybe the Greek would help, right? So here's the Greek word, metamorpho, metamorpho. Any guesses what that might mean? Totally transformed, to change, to be transfigured. And Matthew says that Jesus' face shone like the sun and his light and his clothes became as white as light. A bright cloud enveloped them and God said, this is my son, listen to him. So in our first story, Moses climbs up a mountain. There's these clouds that descend and he meets face to face with God and next thing you know, his face is glowing, it's radiant, he is reflecting the glory and radiance and majesty of God. And in that moment, God gives Moses the words of this book, basically. Here's how to, here's how to live. Base your life on this book. 1,500 years later, this guy named Jesus comes along. He ascends a mountain there's clouds and smoke, and he meets face to face with God, and he also has a total transformation of his appearance. And what does God tell those people? He doesn't give them the words of this book, but he does. Because he said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And in the beginning of the Gospel of John, the word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus is the word. In Exodus, it's these words. In Matthew, it's, it's Jesus. And it's his life. And it's his message. Do you remember God's initial call to his people in Exodus 19? Three things. To be his treasured possession, a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. They're called to be set apart from, yet be mediators 
to the presence of God to the people and the nations around them. But can you really bring the presence of God to the people around you if you haven't spent time with him? If you don't really know him, can you really bring his presence to the people around you? Would you say you have a convergence of appearance because you are consumed with this book or consumed with the person of Jesus and you want to spend so much time with him that you come down this mountain and you don't even realize it but there are people around you like whoa this person's different I want to know what's going on you have this glow about you you're filled with life and joy and nothing seems to like weigh you down. Friends, every single morning, every single day, you and I are given the opportunity to climb up the mountain. Every single day, we have an opportunity to meet with the king and the creator of the universe face to face. And yet I don't. I would rather spend time on my phone. I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm being honest here. I would rather spend time on my phone. I would rather read the news, catch up on the ESPN sports things, make sure I like the right pictures on Instagram. This is how I spend my time each day. Every day we have this opportunity to have the kind of experience that Moses had. Every single day Jesus wants to spend time with you and with me like I mean, seriously, if Michael Jordan called me and said, hey, Ben, I heard you wanted to hang out. You free this week? Nah, I'm busy. I got a lot of Instagram to check. I don't have time for you. I mean, how, how insane. I don't even care what my schedule is. I'm clearing it. All the meetings are canceled. All the other things that are going on, I'm going to go hang out with Michael Jordan because that would be like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, Right? <laughs> Every single day, we have an opportunity to spend time with, in the presence of God. But somehow, I'd rather do other things. There are countless ways that we can spend time with God. There's countless ways that we can spend time in His presence. I love to be outside. Being outside is good for my soul. I love to be in nature. When I'm outside on a hike or whatever, things like that, that is time with like me and God. You can spend time with God by reading the words of this book. You can spend time with God through prayer. 
and just being real and open and honest about whatever is going on in your, in your world. Things you're worried about, things you're stressed about, things you're just ticked off about. Have real conversations with him. Some people like to journal. They like to write those things out. And that helps them process it better. You can listen to music. You can put in your earbuds and listen to worship music or whatever. You can take the earbuds out and you can walk on campus and actually be aware of what's going on around you and pray for, pray for the people that you're passing by as you're walking the tracks. There are countless ways that we could intentionally climb the mountain and spend quality time with God. So tonight, we want to give you guys a gift. We want to give you guys time with God. Right here in this room, before we leave. We want to give you a few minutes to spend time with the King and the Creator of the universe. In a moment, the music team is going to come up here, and they're going to play a song. We're not encouraging you to sing with them. While they're playing this song about five minutes or whatever it is, we want you to just be still. Commune with God however you best commune with God. If you want to just read whatever you want to read in this book, go ahead and do that. This time is for you. If you want to pray, do that. This time is for you. If you want to journal, do that. If you didn't bring paper and you want paper, I have paper up here. Lots of paper. There's paper up here. There will be paper in the back. We also have pens and we have crayons and we have markers. If you want to commune with God by like doing some sort of art thing, you can do that. And during this time also, if you want to, you can spread out a little bit if you want to. Sit on the floor, sit on the steps. You can lay down. I don't care. We want to give you just a few minutes, time and space to reconnect with God. When the music team is done with the, the first song, they will sing two other songs, and you are welcome to join and sing with them for those other songs. If you're having a good time in the middle of the floor, journaling, whatever, you don't have to stand and sing. Just take the time that you want and that you need for these next few minutes. Um, to begin, our, I want to close in prayer, but I want to say these words from Psalm 34 together. Can we do that? All right, let's, let's pray. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. And he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Jesus, we, we invite you, we invite your presence to be here among us. For those of us that have words that we need to say to you, help us to say these things to you. For those of us that need to just sit and be still and listen, 
Help us to not be so distracted. Help us to not worry about what other people around us are doing. And God, we just pray that you will help us to have just a few minutes of quality time with you right here and right now. So that we can get to know you more, understand our calling and our purpose more, so we can be set apart from, yet mediate the presence of Almighty God to the people around us. May there be a convergence of appearance. Because we just can't not be with you. I pray all these things in your name. Amen.